I'm Shaharazani, and in the news, Israel at war. Following Hamas's barbaric slaughter on that Black Sabbath of October 7th, 2023, Israel and the world have changed forever. As Israel continues to work for the release of as many innocent hostages as possible from the hands of the savages of Hamas, we begin to be exposed to more and more pain, both of the families left behind and of the hostages who were held in the darkness of Hamas captivity in Gaza. Efrat Mashikawa's aunt and uncle, Margalit and Gadi Moses, have been taken hostage by Hamas. Margalit came back home earlier as part of a pause agreement with a terrorist vile organization. But Gadi, Gadi is still held in captivity. Efrat, thank you so much for joining us on JBS today. Thank you very much for having me and for keeping this um, catastrophe up in the news. It's very important for us. Thank you. Yes. Um, I, you know, I want to start by asking you, and I think to myself about that question, a very banal question, but not so banal these days. How are you? Really, this question is so, it is banal and I wish I could easily answer, but it's right. just so complicated. I, I'm not even sure. There are some moments that I'm okay, and I'm very grateful to be at home and the family and now having my aunt, which I'll share with you later. But other moments, I'm disappointed of humanity, and I feel... We went through um, hell, and I fear, and I worry, and I grief. There's so many emotions mixed, and it's like a roller coaster. We feel that everything has changed. Nothing will be the same since October 7th. Right. So let's start with, you know, the positive side of we are so fortunate to have Margalit back home. Share with us a little bit of, of that experience. How has it been? How is she? What has she been saying? Because, you know, I can tell you that on that side of the ocean, we all care very much. And I know so many of our JBS viewers and, and just justice and peace-loving people, decent people, moral people out there who feel your pain, who care so much, who carried Margalit's pictures, you know, the kidnap posters and Gadi's. How, how has that been? The phone call we got with the announcement that my aunt Margaret Moses is coming home, I think was a, a wonderful gratefulness, um, was released all over, but still, I can tell you that some of us in the family were really holding themselves of receiving this gratefulness or feeling the joy because we were not sure. And we all agreed that we are happy, we are we're very glad she's in the list, but we will restrain our gratefulness 
until the moment, not that we see her in the hands of the Red Cross, but once we know she is back on Israeli land. And it was so stressful. We just couldn't believe for 100% because we know who we're dealing with, that she's really coming home. Right. So when we saw her, our, well, I can tell about my heart was beating so fast. And it was a moment of a slight second of great joy. But then again, it's this worry of how would she be and is she healthy? You know, we could see her waving. We can see her even saying thank you. And this lady is a hero. My aunt is a very, very special lady. She is a strong lady. She is um, a peace activist. She knows every bird that crosses the sky. Wow. And um, yeah, you know, and birds are so bor borderless. Right. And Symbol she is like them. She she knows really. She is. She is a. She is a real um, good biologist, and um, I. I. Um, I. I used to adore her, and I adore her even more now. And I tell you why. We understood later after we met her and we sat down to to talk that she was very very strong during the whole time, and. Um, that she was helping others and she was showing some leadership and um, she had a role. And I was thinking about a, an elder lady that I always see as very strong, a type of a leader where she had this inner strength and spirit to continue her leadership within captivity. Wow. I think it's remarkable. And I know from what she said that helping others surely helped herself. It's something we should all remember. If we have a chance to volunteer, if we have a chance to do a good deed, I always tell my kids that we are ought to do one good deed a day. Very true. And I tell you, she did so many. And I'm proud of her. I'm very, very proud of her. Efrat, was Margalit kept in an apartment or in a tunnel? Because we've been hearing stories about innocent Gazans who were um, responsible for keeping kidnapped Israelis. We heard a story about an UNRWA teacher who kept an Israeli kidnapped without giving them medication or food. We heard stories about a Gazan doctor who, while taking care of children, was um, uh, keeping um, Israelis hostages uh, on behalf of Hamas, those innocent Gazans, innocent Palestinians there. Where was Margalit kept? And what did she say about her captivity? Well, whatever you can share and whatever was, you feel comfortable yeah, sharing, yeah. that's she, a given. She was in the tunnels. In the she tunnels. Was deep, deep and in I, the and tunnel. I was thinking about the tunnels because you mentioned birds and. Yeah. Yes. So this is why it's such um, an opposite of what she used to, you what know, a biologist, 
a musician, a peace activist, right. everything as Eve turns back, you know? Right. And thinking about her down there, it's hard. And going back to your question of how it was to see her, so, you know, I went into um, the hospital room and there she sat on a chair. And when I walked, she just stood up and we immediately hugged. And it was just amazing to feel, to feel her, to grab her, to know she's next to me. And then we both, everybody in the room, we, we all cried. We couldn't hold tears. And then she was wiping my tears and she said, oh, oh, baby, she said, there's this joy, tears, joy, tears. But we all, all, all knew that one side is joy and the other side is sadness right. and worry. And then everybody else came and there were lots of hugs. We, we hug all the time. You know, there is something very, very, um, wonderful about the physical warmth of the hug right and these little mo these little moments of togetherness become so greatly appreciated and honored i think that um that's another lesson you know we we should hug more we should be very kind to each other. We know you're talking about kindness, which is the opposite of, you know, the evil oh, yeah. entity that's Hamas. I want to ask you, um, what could what could you share with our viewers that she may have shared with you about the conditions in which because we're seeing the propaganda videos that the um, that Hamas uh, as terrorists issue of, you know, waving or writing letters, which we all know are disgusting, the lowest level of psychological warfare, and anybody who buys into it is ridiculous at the very least, if not a terror supporter and beyond. What can you share? According to my aunt, we understand that her conditions, especially at the beginning, were fairly okay. But what's okay in right. captivity? Right. And we do understand from the stories we hear from the others that what she was saying was fairly okay was probably um, a luxurious state because they were in much different conditions. And Today, I heard some testimonies that were awful. So really, that means she was okay. But again, what's okay? What's okay, and her level of resilience. You know, we heard testimonies coming out from Israel in the last couple of days about the torture that Hamas um, um, put the kids through in watching some of the horrid videos that they took during the massacre of October 7th, um, f scarring them with emotional damage 
It's, it's unbelievable that anybody would march on the streets of any city in support of just a, such a disgusting, filthy, vile entity like Hamas. Um, listening to you, I, I, I feel you and I'm sure our viewers feel you. But we also need to remember um, that Margalit came back and you know, she, she had her leadership position while she was there. She did what she could. And that's, that's an incredible thing of itself, that you learn so much about the incredible people of, of Israel through these stories about you, Efrat, and about Margalit. But I also um, think a lot about Gadi. You know, Gadi, yeah. who's kept there. And I just want to say something to our viewers. Gadi, um, an, an expert in agriculture, was part of uh, an elite team of experts working with Mashav, Israel Center for International uh, Diplomacy and Assistance, that travels the world and assists different countries, sharing knowledge, working together, you know, on, on issues of their expertise. So Gadi, and they wouldn't do it for money. They're not doing it for, you know, to become rich. They do it out of passion for humanity, out of the goodness of their hearts. This is who Gadi is. This is who Gadi has, has always been. And as you can see from some of the visuals that we're sharing with you, just to gain a glimpse into, into his soul, into who he is. And we always say he who saves a life saves the world entire. So going through Gadi's story, you can see exactly what kind of a person he is. Um, and you understand that in that darkness of Gaza, there is this incredible light and I can imagine that not only is he on your mind and you do all that you can to get him out, what's going through your mind, Efrat? I can share with you that for the last two months, I cannot sleep properly. I think the longest period of time I can sleep is about two hours and I wake up with all these thoughts and Gadi is, I'm getting a little bit emotional. Gatti is okay. such a great guy. I'm telling you, he is my adorable uncle. He is the one who taught me math when I struggled through middle school. He is the one who used to lift me up and throw me to the air. He is the one who taught us what the cycle of plants looks like and how vegetables grow. And he is the one who would carry us on his shoulders to pick up some fruit from a tree. He is a humble, modest, smart, kind, wonderful, smiling, happy person. He has traveled all over the world. And I, as a little child, I always told him, can you please take me along? Because names of countries like Jordan, or Papua New Guinea, or Mexico would always sound so exotic. exotic. Right. And he was everywhere, everywhere helping people. You have to understand this man stuck in those tunnels. He is chronically ill. He is almost 80. He is not getting his medication, as we understand. We don't even have proof of life of him. Right. Talk about I, international organizations and what should the Red Cross not just be doing, but be crying out to do. We don't see any demand coming out of these international organizations to see the hostages. We don't see them criticize Hamas. We don't see any of it. At best, they are glorified Uber service for the terrorists. I'm telling you the fact we have no proof of life for so many of them. Gadi, my uncle is one of 160 
innocent people taking on that Saturday morning from their beds in their pajamas. All of them are good people. It is incredible that we have no sign, no proof of life until now. And back to the medication. We know so many of them are chronically ill. Imagine, imagine your neighbor, your mother, your father, your uncle, a chronically ill patient without any medication or maybe little medication right. with for two months, two months without the medication. Anyone, we don't have to be medical people or medical teams to understand that you can last, chronically ill patient can last for a week, for two, but then a month and two months, they're dying. They're literally dying. While we speak, they die. Their lives are fading away. Lives are fading away. Right. We need to get them the medication. We need to get a proof of life and we need to move them back to Israeli hospitals to be taken care of. We need them alive now. When you make uh, that demand of international organizations of the Red Cross as the families, what do you hear? What do they tell you? We, we don't hear. We don't hear. We just don't hear anything. I, one of the testimonies that came out related to uh, Alma Abraham, who is 84, who came back from yes. captivity in critical condition. And her daughter yes. said that when she reached out to the, um, to the Red Cross and asked uh, for them to pass medication, she didn't even hear an answer of let us give it a try, let's keep it, we'll see what we can do. They, sh they just uh, told her flatly no. I heard that. It leaves me speechless. I'm speechless. I, we live in 2023. Mm -hmm. Can such a catastrophe really happen? One would think, and yes, it, it is happening. And people's lives are fading away and the organizations that are there being paid for and being catered for doing the right thing to do and keeping justice and fairness of both sides of any conflict are not there. It feels that as long as we know, nothing is being happened, but Maybe I'm being mercy, uh, you know, full of mercy when I, I want to believe that something is happening. But the result is, Shahal, that nothing is happening. Talking and feeling sorry and showing sympathy is very important. But when we talk about lives of these innocent people, right. not seeing them here means they did not get the help they deserve.
You know, Frat, you mentioned at the beginning of our talk um, your disappointment in many parts of humanity. You know, we're witnessing those parts of humanity right here in the United States and across the world, even though I have to tell you my personal sense is that the louder they are, the smaller they are, and the silent majority is with humanity and with Israel. But I, I remember watching one of your interviews. Um, I mean, all of your interviews are touching. But earlier on, um, you, were, you were shown a video of people who are tearing um, the, the kidnapped posters of the Poles. And, and you said, you know, with, with great emotion, I'll never forget how you said, who are you to do something like this? Who are you? How dare you? Um, and that, that point really, you know, took us through the pathway of your emotions, your state, I mean, all of our emotions and state of mind at this point. Talk to that point a little bit. I work with people. And I'm a university um, lecturer. And I'm an educator. And I hardly, hardly ever get upset in that way. I was so hurt. I was just so disappointed and hurt to see people doing that. And I, I was, I was very sincere in my reaction. I do think that I could never ever imagine myself doing something like that. You may not agree you may have something to say, but you do not attack posters of innocent people being abducted from their beds on a Saturday morning. They're missing. They're a whole world for their families. How would anyone dare to tear those posters? How would you? Right. And I always ask myself, you know, of what I hear happening, for example, in the, the U.S. and universities. And did they stop asking themselves, why are they doing this or what really they're doing this? And what do they know about those people that were abducted and who they are? Because if they would listen and research and question, they will understand that the bunch, at least I can talk about the Neo-Oz Kibbutz, a bunch of admirable people. Anyone who had the chance to visit this Kibbutz, this community, would immediately recognize how hard they work to make this oasis green within the desert of the Negev, how beautifully they choose to educate their kids, how so many of them volunteer in order to maintain peace and help their neighbors behind the fence. How many people of them went to demonstration to keep democracy in Israel and to keep negotiating and to keep communicating. Most of them, you have to know that most of them shared values of peace, of fairness, of giving, of modesty, of hard work, 
They're all hard workers. You know, um, Efrat, what comes out of what you're saying is something that we've been saying a lot here, that post-October 7th, there is no room for equivocation. There is no context that needs to be taken into account. It's a clear-cut moral issue of yes or no. This is civilization against barbarism. This is the yes. epitome of good against the bottom of the barrel of evil. Yes. Yes, indeed. I agree with every word you say. It's evil against goodness. People need to understand it's a terror army. It's a terror army that attacked. The things I've heard from people that escaped and managed to survive this Saturday are things that I'm still not ready to repeat. I cannot even imagine myself sharing them. It's terrible. It's terrible. I don't think that any one of our viewers today can even imagine how terrible it was. It's we people, human beings, cannot imagine doing these things. I've never heard really, you know, we carry a very, very long history of stories from the Holocaust from our grandparents. I tell you, this was a monstrous attack. Right. It's, it's scary. And you know why I keep saying fear and grief and worry? I say it because it's not only for us. I think every human being, every citizen of our world should be aware that this is something that may attack him and his family very soon. Right. People should worry of extremists. People should fear of terror. People should understand this is not only an Israeli problem, Correct. but this is a global problem Correct. of terror. Yeah. If we are students of history, what starts with Israel doesn't end with Israel, and what starts yes. with the Jews doesn't end with the Jews. But with all due respect to these high and lofty argumentations, I want to argue before you, Efrat, and before all of you, our viewers, Think about Gadi Moses. Think about one person. Have a face, have a name of somebody who epitomizes the very best of human nature. Gadi is now held in the darkness of Gaza and at the hands of an evil, vile terrorist organization that doesn't only threaten Israel, it threatens the world and it is a very threat to our very humanity. And it is for Gadi that we not only pray, but raise our, our voice and actively crying out to the world, to international organizations, to wherever we can make a sound to do the right thing, to fulfill your mission and to stand up for humanity, to stand up for Gadi Moses and all of the other hostages who are now in Gaza. Gadi Moses is a kind of a person you would like to meet. Gadi Moses is a model you would like your children to grow to be like. Gadi Moses, my dearest beloved uncle, 
is an example of what we all want to be when we grow up. He is a professional that shares his knowledge with all those people in poverty, people who went through crisis, people who needs him. He was there for every person who needed him around the and, globe. And we should and be there. Needs. We should be there for him. Efrat, we I can't should. thank you enough for joining us today on JBS and for sharing your story and your family story. We pray and we'll do all that we can for the release of Gadi and all of the other innocent hostages. And we do wish to send the very best Give a long, warm hug on behalf of myself, the JBS team, and our viewers everywhere to Margalit and tell her we are proud of her, we love her, and we will continue to do our very best for the release of everyone who is in captivity at the moment. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. And please remember, we cherish life and we shall overcome. We shall Thank overcome. Thank you very much to all. We shall overcome. Thank you, Efrat. What an incredible example of strength, resilience, and yes, even optimism in spite of it all. We are all with Efrat and with all of the people of Israel, wishing Margalit the best and to all those who have returned, as well as continue to work tirelessly and cry out for the return of those who are still held in the darkness of Gaza's captivity. We're all together in this with the people of Israel during these trying times. And to all of you, our viewers, we will keep you posted and give you continuous updates as things move forward in Israel. It's always important to remember though, and remind everyone, it's not just about Israel and the vile barbarians of Hamas. It has great moral, strategic meanings and ramifications for Israel and the world entire, as this is the battle of civilization against barbarism. We are all united in the hope of seeing better times soon. Amen. I'm Shahar Azani, and thank you all for watching. <music>